Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on. From the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college hoops do it all day. College football, we know who's number one. Understand, on the phones, you know we get it done. So call in, 718-664-9098, and we'll give you more. Talking sports, uh, yes we do. Welcome to our show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and we are hyped up because a lot happened since we talked to you on Friday with the Memorial Day weekend. So give us a call. Let's talk some sports. 718-664-9098. Tweet at us. Facebook us. YouTube us. Check out RayandTayToday.com. Email us. RayandTayToday at gmail.com. Like getting your emails, responding back, talking to the fans. Ray, so much to get into. We got to give French open picks. We'll talk the hockey, a little NFL, the basketball, OTAs, and all that stuff. And uh, we've, of course, got some MLB. I got to ask you, what's more impressive to you right now? 37, 18, and 13 from the King? or to keep their season alive in the drenched down Houston and we send our love and prayers and hope everybody's safe there, or 45-9-5, 2-2 from James Harden. You know, we tweeted out that LeBron can always be the MVP. He's the best player in the league, so if you want to call him the most valuable, you can do that too, (laughs) especially given that he did it without Kyrie Irving. And he's got a bunch of role players, and they're not even that good on Cleveland. So LeBron was super impressive. Um, Right, that's never been done, what he did. In the second half. Remember, he went 0 for 10. So if you take the game in its totality, he started out terribly. And he ended up, and this wasn't even one of his best games, considering he started out laying an egg. But I still will give it to James Harden because he did it in an elimination game. He did it down 3-0. He did it when everybody knew he was going to do it. And to me, that 45 points was just a start to finish an exceptional performance, the 45-9-5. Yeah, I mean, it's James Harden. But you know what? You're drawing straws. Both of them were outstanding. It's just that LeBron's start was very weak. And I think that James Harden, in an elimination game, said, we're not going home just yet. Totally agree with you. The only thing is no one has done, even on feeling injured, having cramps, starting over 10, no one has put those stats together, 37, 18, and 13. So I'm impressed by that, especially because he's shooting so poorly in this playoffs from the three-point line. I mean, LeBron's probably shooting in the 20%. He's, he's not doing well at all. Harden is so efficient, and you've got to give the Rockets credit. I mean, shooting 53% from the three. And to win that game, Warriors got within six. And you saw your boy, uh, was it Barbosa, the shot went in and out. Curry's fall was crazy. He comes back from that, which was shocking. I'm not so concerned about, oh, did they follow protocol, this and that. I mean, once they found out he was okay, the coach has got to put him back in. But I think what I would say about all these guys, it, it reminds me of sort of Jordan Bird and Magic, Curry, Harden, and LeBron. And some people might say it's blasphemy, but when you start to look at the stats and you look at how efficient Curry and Harden are, and you look at how LeBron's will and his dominance to win a game. LeBron is like, I will win this series by myself with Della, with Delhi and Timofey, as Ray likes to say. And that in itself, ladies and gentlemen, is just, you know, Jordan S. I mean, in, in so many ways, but it, it's just incredible because when was the last time we've seen someone make it to five straight NBA finals? That's what LeBron's about to do for those who really don't respect him, because I don't know how at this point anybody cannot. You know what I mean? But uh, I mean, it's, it's just that. great to five see. Five straight NBA finals, that's 
craziness. That's like the Celtics of the 60s and 70s. And yeah. I'm trying to think if the Lakers did it. Well, the Lakers no. went – they didn't because Houston won in 81 and in 86 won the Western Conference. And then Portland exactly. went in 90. So there wasn't a five-year stretch – Nope. There wasn't a five-year stretch that the Lakers went. And think about it. The Lakers had five. We keep coming back to this. The Lakers had five guys taking number one overall. <laughs> yeah. Not only five number one picks, five guys number one. And one of them, Michael Thompson, his son, is about to I'm go to the NBA now. Finals probably. But think about that. That te- Those teams with Magic and, and Norm Nixon in the beginning and Jamal Wilkes and Bob McAdoo and, and Michael James Cooper Worthy. and James Worthy, Kurt Rambis, Green, Kareem, of course. Don't forget Those Byron Scott. never went. And Byron, Byron Scott when he got traded for Norm Nixon to the Clippers. That yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> that team never made it to five straight finals. So LeBron is going to do it on two separate teams with – Chris Bosh and Wade in Miami, okay, but a banged-up Kyrie Irving who has now played, call it, 70% of the minutes, and a Kevin Love who's basically played two games and didn't play the rest of the series. So I I can't even say – I don't think I have enough words for LeBron James. I really don't. This guy no, it's, it's may, beyond impressive. may not be he may not be Michael Jordan because I don't know that you know he'll never go six and zero. Oh, obviously, he's won he's lost too many finals, but this guy. I mean, he's and people debate, Rushmore, but and, people also debate. They debate that Jordan might have gone eight in a row if he didn't leave. Now we don't know. I'm not sure they would have been as motivated. You know what? I don't yeah, know. Those two years coming back and then getting the Rodman rosters were a bit second. different. Who would have right? been their power forward? You know, if it wasn't for Rodman, right? When when Horace Grant signed in Orlando, who would have taken yeah. his spot? You know, I don't remember who it was in '94, '95, but it wasn't Rodman, right? They had uh, Kukoc playing the three, Kukoc and Pippen, but they couldn't really play together. I mean, they played some minutes together, but they really needed Rodman yeah. too. So I don't know, uh, but 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 here's the thing: LeBron James, and, and like you said, Steph Curry, James Harden, or LeBron James, one of them is going to win a championship. With all due respect to uh, the Hawks, and they're going to lose tonight. And right so, now, like, they're playing like those three guys. I mean, people could say what they. I mean, Curry the other night. I mean, forget the game they lost, Game Three, when that when Houston should have played like they played in Game Four. It was, you know, in a very important game after playing two good games on the road in, in the Roracle, and then Curry comes in and drops 40 on them, and Harden and, 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 and the whole team, it was disgusting. The effort, no defense, they couldn't score. I mean, that was, what did Harden shoot, like three or five for 16? I mean, it was, it was just a bad game, and it was kind of surprising, but this, is, this team is an enigma, right? Josh Smith starts out. In the first quarter last night, 45 points with uh, 13 points. Harden had 10. Josh Smith is hitting three, uh, four three-pointers. And you're like, but wh- where were you the other night? Like, I mean, this team, you cannot figure them out. And this is why, even though we disrespected them, this is the reason why we did. And, you know, I was just thinking about it the other night. And what do you think about this? Because they could maybe get some momentum. And you think about Terry and Corey Brewer who were on the Dallas team for the championship, right? And then you think about Trevor Ariza, who won with Kobe. They've got some guys that contribute that are like, look, we've done this. Howard's been to a final. You know what? Let's go. Yeah, let's go to Golden State. Yeah, Harden's been to a final. Let's go to Golden State, and let's just get this game, and let's see what happens. They went there and played extremely well, Ray. Listen, I think both series are over. But would you be shocked or surprised if Houston went to Golden State and they took one? No, I wouldn't be surprised at all. They could have won either of the first two games, especially the game yeah. where they were up 19 and just just like this game when they were up 20-some-odd. And then, like you said, if Barbosa's shot goes in, they start to panic. They maybe get a little tight. They might lose this game. So by the same token, they played very well in the Oracle. And – Again, those jump-shooting teams, even though this is not a pure jump-shooting team, they do other things, but jump-shooting teams can shoot themselves out of games. 
And the thing is, Golden State, if you look at them, they're very up and down. They've had some, for being an elite team, but I guess this is what jump shooting teams do. I mean, they've had some quarters where they score 45, and they've had some quarters where they score, you know, 18 or 20. So if you string together three bad quarters for the Golden State Warriors and you can hold on, you can win. You can win. And and I still think that even though Steph Curry is the man and the MVP and he deserves it, I still believe that the most efficient and the guy I'm most worried about, and also because he's a lefty, all joking aside, is James Harden because he's bigger, he's stronger, he can get his own shot, he's left-handed, so at the end of the day, he presents problems for you. Now, granted, you know, Clay Thompson's a very good defender, and there's other people that give him trouble, but to me, James Harden, in a close game, I'm scared of James Harden. Well, the way he's I mean, not threes. that I'm not scared of Curry, right? But, but no, I, no, no. I mean, Curry, that little listen, edge, and he can win you a game on the road, James Harden. He, he definitely can, and I think Howard's looking lively. Um, I haven't heard word yet. I don't think they're going to suspend him for the elbow. I don't know um, on Bogut. They haven't said but, anything yet. Yeah, yeah, but Draymond Green had, you know, he had, what, 21 last night, played well. I mean, this, this series, it's going to be – it's either done or, you know, they – they have a shot to push it to seven. Because I think if they went back home, they would go back home, Houston, and win a game six and do it the right way. You know what I mean? They they, they would definitely do it the right way. But we do got to talk about tonight's game in terms of game four and all the drama in that series with Cleveland. But I just want to throw this at you real quick. Now time for NBA Talk. Yeah. I like that. Now, <laughs> now let's talk NBA playoffs. Is Della Vadova a dirty player? Tay says no. Stop crying and man up. The league is too soft now. Don't let the officials police it. Harford was wrong but should not have been ejected. What do you say? Yeah, I think we're being a little too sensitive, and, and in the heat oh, of the moment, you know, things happen, and I'm not sure that Horford should have been suspended. You know, maybe you give him a flagrant one, maybe, you know, I don't know what you do to him, but but let's not let's not blow this out of proportion. You know, uh, it was just heat of the moment. Della Vadova was hustling, and you know, when you get close to somebody's knees, you get real, you know, you get real sensitive. But uh, nothing, nothing, I think. Just, but do just you think it's on. a pattern? Because some people are saying it's a pattern. Like, look, Barkley, Shaq, and Kenny Smith, they each all had one separate opinion. And to me, Kenny's like, look, you know, it's Gibson, then it's Culver, then it's this. You know, when it's two, three, four, you know, different times, then it becomes sort of a pattern. Barkley's like, oh, he's less talented, so he's got to hustle like that. And Shaq's just like, he's just hustling. doesn't matter about talent. Anybody can hustle. Because to me, Corver, if he would have dove on the floor, he wouldn't have got hurt. So I'm not saying it's his fault, but if he would have dove with Deladova for the ball, he wouldn't have got hurt. Deladova dove and then tucked and turned, right? I mean, that's what you, you're taught. You dive on the ball for loose balls on the, on the court, and you scoop it and try to either get a timeout or turn so that no one could tie it up with you. So to me, I'm just like, that's on Corver more than it's on Deladova. I think the kid has is, is got Moxie, and he's playing great. I Who would ever that. imagine, <laughs> you know? I would agree with that, and and I think at the end of the day, I, I don't think there's malice. I think he's just hustling, and I do think there's something to be said for less talented guys tend to give you that extra, uh, that extra, yeah. you know, diving into the stands and and well, going that's after how they eat, balls right? And the 50, they got to do balls. that to make exactly. it in the league. It's how to eat. Well, let me ask you this: Should Kyrie play tonight? He looked good in warmups and shoot around. Um, but is it too much of a risk, and would you rather see if you can win it without him, or do you run the risk of go, of losing this and then going back to Atlanta 
and extending the series. What, what, what would be your strategy? So for there's this? something to be said for sealing the deal, and mm-hmm. you always go for the throat. Yes. Now, again, I come back to I have LeBron and you don't, so I will try not to play Kyrie Irving. The finals start June 4th, right? So that's fixed. Yeah. It's Thursday, June 4th. So to me, I go to the I go to the medical staff. And to me, this is a medical decision. And I say, look, does resting Kyrie until the 4th of June get me, you know, a, a 10% or 90% Kyrie Irving? Yeah. Or is it fine? Like, if he plays today, maybe he, he kind of stresses his ankle and re-injures or, or, you know, inflames the knee or whatever, but, you know, he just needs two, three days of rest, and maybe they give him a cortisone shot. I don't know what they do to him. Um, so but my gut feeling, though, is he shouldn't play. Because to me, you're up 3-0, you have the ultimate closer in LeBron, and you have the ultimate hungry leader in LeBron. And granted, uh, last game he took a little bit, he was a little bit, two games ago I guess it was a little bit too lax in the beginning. But I think he's learned his lesson, and I think they all want to close this. So to me, I'm sitting Kyrie Irving um, unless that's, the medical staff. That's fair. Totally fair, but let me throw this at you. The only reason why you might not sit him is LeBron is exhausted. LeBron is so spent and so tired. He's starting to cramp up again. And what if he can't give you 40 minutes and, you know, 30, 10, and 10? By the way, do you realize this kid is on pace for averaging 30, 10, and 10 in the in the in the season. I mean, I can't even speak on LeBron. It, it's <sighs> cats don't even understand what they're seeing. This is what I hate, right? Because you and I, and we didn't have a show back then, but we knew Jordan was Jordan when we were watching it. We we remembered how he earned his way through Detroit, and even when he was young and just laced up. I mean, laced up the the great Boston team where, you know, nobody could stick them from Bird to DJ to Ainge, you know, Mikhail, anybody, right? But LeBron, because of all the criticism and being in the Twitter age and just the haterade, I think he, you know, he he might get sort of in some ways over-publicized, but then I think he's also getting under-respected because he left to win the first one with great players when all the other players played with great players too. So we know that. So that's not a real knock. And then now he's coming home and it's like, he even said, look, I, we're not going to win the first year. We're, you know, it's going to take time. And remember Mike from Pittsburgh would call in and he was like, Oh, LeBron's covering his butt and this and that or whatever. And this and that. And you know, we haven't heard from Mike, but listen, LeBron is right here getting back to the finals again. I just don't know if, Kyrie might need to play a half. I don't, you know what I mean? Because don't you get worried if you give the Hawks more confidence? And no, you're right. LeBron's you could not, quickly you know, see yourself. You could quickly see yourself losing four this game and then losing and five. Losing the next one. Yeah, you could see yourself yeah. quickly at three two, and then you have a situation where you must win game six, yeah. or else it's a crap yeah. shoot in game seven. So again, I, I would go back to it. To me, it's a medical decision, and and if those extra three days of rest and and a complete laying off his feet until you know maybe the the first or the second of June, so he can you know get his legs back, his basketball legs back. I, I hear what you're saying, though. You you know what that requires, though. My my plan also not only requires LeBron to be great, it also requires Tristan Thompson to play above. You know, his pay grade. He's, it also he's requires J.R. Smith to hit five, six threes. It requires yeah. Matthew Dellavedova to play well. Shumper, to play well. Mazgoff, putting a lot of pressure. Yeah. Uh, Timo Fay. Now, Faye. I, got, I got confidence in Timo Fay that he'll do Yo, deliver. he's playing. Yo, Chris, right now, let me tell you something. Guys are earning money because Shumpert, Thompson, and Smith, their, their deals are all up. You know, I think they have team options and somewhat restrictions, but, uh, you know, they're, they're basically – they're going to be getting new deals. These guys are earning money. Tristan Thompson, LeBron's already said he needs to be a Cav for the rest of his career, and I think he will be. Um, I don't know if Kevin Love is coming back, though. They make it to the finals or they win a the championship without him. Kevin Love's not coming back because why are you going to pay him max money? Well, it's his option, isn't it? It's Kevin Love's option. 
uh, option to to stay one more year. If he wants to opt in, he can. I think he can, but I think I, you know, but they could easily, you know. No, it's a point well know. taken because if you if know, you're it's Le- just if you're really the Cavs, Why would you pay max money for a power forward when you can get a, a role player like a Tristan Thompson plus, and let's say you get an Anderson Varejao. And you get some. You you might need some offensive scoring though. You need some front court scoring. But let's say you yeah. get that front court score, you can get it for half the price of Kevin Love, especially if you want yeah. the max deal. The only thing you have to think of is what you said though a couple minutes ago is LeBron's only getting older, and these minutes and and this just just as whatever it takes yeah. out of him. And then you figure I'm a little worried about Kyrie Irving physically. I think this guy we might be seeing. Yeah. Yeah, we might be seeing Uncle Drew out there, where he will have taped up knee and a you know taped up. He's like ankle Kevin Johnson. A, That's who he is. He's Kevin Johnson. He might be. You know. He might be. So if that's KJ the was case, a beast, he couldn't stay healthy. If that's <clears> the case, <throat> then you do need another guy, and so that's the only reason why you bring Kevin Love back is if you're a little bit worried about, especially if you win a championship, you're a little bit worried about. Kyrie's health and LeBron's minutes and LeBron this toll. And remember, LeBron became LeBron again after he took that week off in the middle of the season. Yeah, got that Everybody rest. Everybody got on yeah. him, but he needed it. I, I thought it was great. Ten days, he, his back was hurting, his knee was hurting, and he came back and killed. So, so we'll see. I, you know, both. I think both these series are over. Um, whether it's five games, four games, or six games and five games. I think we're getting ready for a treat, ladies and gentlemen, and so is ABC of ratings because you're going to basically have Curry and his gang against Le- LeBron and his crew, and it's going to be it's going to be beautiful basketball because you're going to see so many different matchups. You know who's guarding who, who can stop LeBron, who can hang with Curry, can Kyrie, you know, you know, score and do his thing, can the role players for both teams step up. I mean, you know, does Curry get help from the Splash Brothers and other people scoring Barnes and Iguodala? So it's so many storylines, you know. But let's shift. Before we get to the NHL, because we might have two closeout games coming up or we could have two game sevens, I need a prediction from you. It's coming and it's here and it's started. The French Open, the major. We got the oui, tennis oui. majors. Well, listen, you know, for me, it's it's so simple. It's Serena and Nadal. I got a funny feeling Ray's going to go with the Joker. Wh- what are you thinking? He won in straight sets today. Serena won. Nadal won. Who are you picking to win the French Open? You know what? I think that Rafael Nadal, because of his seeding, he seeded sixth. For him to win is really, really tough. Mm. And I just think he's not... He's not there. He's not what, you know, he's just not healthy. This is his surface, and this is his tournament. He's won nine of them. So it's never the wrong answer to go with Rafael Nadal. Right, which but, is why I think he could do it. Right. I'm, I'm going to go with Novak Djokovic. I think he's big, strong, healthy, powerful serve. And I think that serve that little bit. That little bit of, I don't want to say weakness, but that little bit of Rafael Nadal not being at 100% makes up for the difference that he is so much better than everybody else on clay on that surface. You know what I mean? He's unbeatable on that surface when he's healthy, but I don't think he's fully healthy. So I'm going to go with the Joker. It's it's weak, though, to go with one and one, but I'm going to go with Joker. Well, listen, uh, yeah, and I mean, Serena, you don't know if, uh, Azarenka or Nah or somebody could get her, but I, I just think Serena is uh, she's healthy again, and she's proven when she's healthy that she's gonna win, you know. And that's just the reality of it. I mean, it's uh, it's a great thing to see, and we'll we'll what's talk about though, it on. But what's crazy though is that Djokovic and Nadal, because of Nadal's number six seed, they'll meet in the quarterfinals. So what should be a finals matchup? Should it's be a finals, be a exactly. Finals matchup. I know, and you that you don't you don't really want to see that in in that instance. But you know, 
You know, sometimes, listen, greatness has got to fight greatness whenever it has to face it. So it's going to be just coming up a little bit earlier. Now, look, we got to talk about what's going on with the NHL because this is this is great. Um, obviously, it's in Tampa tonight. The Rangers are trying to find a way to force a game seven. Um I just don't know. They they played the last game not to you know they didn't play to win. They just say they played not to lose, and I think it, it bit them in the in the butt. Uh, do you think Tampa just closes it out, or can the Rangers actually force this game seven, and then we see Lundqvist maybe perform his magic? You know what? I predict Tampa to win the series. I still think yeah. Tampa is going to win the series, but I have a sneaky suspicion that the Rangers go in there. And in a close game, three to two, bring this mm. back to New York. I have a sneaky suspicion Henrik Lundqvist, after giving up two straight six goal games, <laughs> you yep. know, plays like the real King Henrik and holds it down under a barrage of shots in Tampa. And I think this this one goes to an epic seven game series. I, I got to go with you, but I think tonight we're going to get overtime, 4-3 Rangers, and then I think game seven we're going to get overtime, and Tampa will win in the Garden 2-1. to one. So that's going to be fascinating. What did you think about the Ducks? They take care of the Blackhawks. They go up 3-2. Wednesday we go back to Chicago, right? Yeah. Um, How can, emotionally taxing is uh, that? The series. That series and and the fact that goals are coming so fast and furious. I mean, the Blackhawks scored two goals in the third period within what was it two three minutes of each other, and then you're thinking all the momentum's on their side, and then suddenly the Ducks save their game, save their series, save their season, and win in overtime. So, I believe this game goes to Chicago, and I think once again the Blackhawks do their thing and force a game seven. A game so seven, I think the, yeah. Yeah, I think this this will be decided in Anaheim on, uh, be on Friday probably. It's going to be great. It'll be great to watch. I mean, I think either way we're going to wind up with probably two game sevens, and then at that point – it's almost like you forget about who you predict. It's just like whoever wants it more is going to get it, and they just get at it. And See, that's why I think for the Blackhawks, if they can get to the Game 7, I, I, I would like to see Patrick Kane work his magic in a Game 7. But we'll see. So there'll I mean, be no you know. games. I just checked out the schedule. There will be no games on yeah. Thursday. So if we have a Game right. 7, they will be Friday and Saturday. So it will be Friday at the Garden – and then Saturday at in Anaheim. So put that on your calendar, well, homie. That's yeah, man. That, you know, listen. That's that's what it's all about. Um, it's been fun. I think the the hockey. You know, you know me. Olympic hockey and playoff hockey. That's uh, we're. I think we're both sort of into that. You know, more than the regular season. But definitely for Tay, I gotta admit that. I love playoff and Olympic hockey. It's just it's just great. So you know what? Let's come back. Let's take a quick break, rock some beats, come back with a little NFL, got some OTAs and some drama in Chicago, and then we finish strong with MLB. They finished the first quarter of the season. So let's check out who's doing what. Ray and Tech. National pastime. Some people <laughs> say it's baseball, but others would correctly say. I think when you football. say that, folks, <laughs> I think some folks might get offended, and some people are like, "Oh, do they call it that?" And no, it it just is that, ladies and gentlemen. Football runs America. 
It's not the world game. This isn't soccer, NBA, or baseball. But in the United States of America, there's football, football, and then football. And then maybe even college football and then football. So OTAs are here. But the big story is this. Look, (sighs) Ray McDonald, Ray McDonald, Ray McDonald, what are you doing? I mean, domestic violence charges or alleged charges against him against a, a woman and a child. Uh, you could question if the Bears should have taken a chance on him and signed him in the first place. Um, I think some people are asking and calling for some ridiculous things like, oh, suspend the GM and do this to the owner. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. They didn't commit that crime. Yeah, that's, that's too far. They did what they needed to do. They released him because Ray McDonald's life is a mess. Yes, should he go through some training before maybe he got this job opportunity? Probably so. But he, you know, was he had one sexual what uh, sexual assault charge, but the domestic violence charge was never officially put on him. So, I mean, you know, he he messed up with the Niners and the Bears were like, "Hey, now they didn't do their due diligence. They didn't talk to the victim. That's their fault. They made a mistake." He never played for them. It's a new regime. They, you know, he made another mistake, and now he's gone. I mean, to me, I'm sort of like it's cut and dry. I do think, I think he's done. I think nobody wants that. I think in the new NFL that we're in, and it's a shame, right, that it took a Ray Rice video for the NFL to really start to even acknowledge domestic violence when it's been in our world and our society forever, and we knew in the NFL you had guys who had killed people playing in NFL uh, games and guys who, you know, like Lawrence Phillips with crazy domestic violence. And so, look, the NFL, it should be ripped for taking it lightly for so many years. But now it's finally awoken, right? And I think Ray McDonald does not play in this league ever again. That's that's my thought. Wow. I hear what you're saying. But offsetting that, I have to always keep in the back of my mind that if you can play talent, the GM, and there's 32, right? You only need one. The <laughs> one GM will find a way uh, to talk himself yeah. and the owner in this case, because McCaskey was personally involved. They will talk themselves into this is a good guy, and he made a mistake or a couple mistakes and we rehabilitate him. It's like that it was a really off color joke, but what was that? It was your GM out there in Arizona, right? He said if Hannibal Lecter ran a four three four say he has an eating disorder. An eating right? disorder and find a it's way so to true. Put it's you're right though yeah. that the, this one might be a little different only because it's sexual assault, right? It's a uh, or domestic violence. I shouldn't say sexual assault. It's domestic violence. And it's a child and, and a woman. You know yeah, what I mean? That's, I mean, that's come on. a little different than you know drugs or steroids or you know drunk driving or whatever, which are. And which he's are, not that talented. Let's be honest. He's good. He's not great. He's right. good. So, but I still think he's young enough that that he, because look, he was able to convince. <sighs> You know, the defensive coordinator came over, and he was saying to to the GM, the new GM. Now, the new GM's 38 years old, young guy, and he's Pace, there. Yeah, Brian Pace. Yeah, Pace, and is there saying, you know, he's got the D coordinator that he's brought on, and John Fox is a defensive guy, and so he's saying, look, this kid Ray McDonald's a good guy. I vouch for him. Not only do I vouch for him, but I will be calling other NFL teams on his behalf if we don't get him. I mean, that's pretty strong endorsement by the guy who was in the locker room with him every day. So yeah, I know, but it kind of makes him look, makes Vic Fangio look bad, honestly. You know what it does? It tells you that these guys can have separate lives. You know what I mean? Well, that yeah. they can be off the field doing what they do, and in the building they can and in be, the locker room be you know, respectful and, room, and coach whatever you need and. Yeah. yeah. No, very true. Very true. And listen, and that's not just in football or in sports. That's no. in all walks of life, right? You know what I mean? So we got to be fair about that. You could be a great attorney and you could be an alcoholic and abusing your wife or you could be, you know, whatever, whatever it is, whatever your career is. 
I mean, so we know that, you know, people can live two different faces. I mean, you know, just look at OJ and other folks or whatever over the years. But I, I just, it's, uh, you know, hey, in good news in the NFL, OTA, Mariota. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, Mariota works out for the first time with the Titans, you know, some good reports. And, and uh, I guess, what, 20 teams are, are in camps. I still want to see your Cowboys sign Ray Rice. I think Ray Rice – see, this is what kills me, right? So, yeah, Ray Rice has the video, but he's the only one that does everything the right way and sort of, like, kisses the floor, apologizes 30 times, and Ray can't get a chance. And you got other knuckleheads getting a chance, and they're not even barely saying sorry. They're paying off people like Greg Hardy, paying off the girl – who knows what Ray did? You know what I mean? And so to me, Ray McDonald, but Ray Rice is like, look, I'm not this guy. I, I'm so, so sorry. I'm working it out with my wife, my daughter, my family, my in-laws, and everybody's treating him like he's the pariah. Like that, see, that's kind of, that's what I mean. Like the NFL, it's like in bizarro world because to me, the guy that actually – serves the time and gets the classes and does the rehabilitation, he deserves a second chance, not the other clowns. So yeah, that, you're that, right that's about that. I, I will say. say one thing, though, is that we talked about this, but the perception is that he hit a wall. And I don't know that at 26 yeah. with, with an offensive yeah. line, 27 with an offensive line that wasn't doing anything, you hit a wall. But it might also be the position they play. You know, when you're a defensive end, yeah. your job is pretty basic. It's like go get the quarterback and you may play, what, if you have 60, 70 snaps, you might play 30, 40 of them. And maybe at running back they have you a little bit more, uh, they hold you under a tighter microscope. I don't know. I don't know, and, yeah. and the rumor is that his, you know, his career is is he's on the downside of his career. I don't think so. I actually don't think Ray Rice is on the downside so. of his career. I, I mean, maybe shot. a year off of football might have caused more damage. But he's him. got better talent than a lot of backs. Not every back can catch out of the backfield, block, and and run. And Ray can do that. He can run. You know, he might be smaller, but he he runs. You know, off tackle. He does the sweeps. He can he he can move the chains. Ray is a solid. Uh, you oh, know, he's great the real pass deal. catcher. There aren't yeah. many backs that are as well rounded as Ray Rice. Even had his short yeah. stature, Ray Rice is an every down back, and he can run, and he can catch, and he can move the chains, and he can score touchdowns. Ray Rice is a very good running back, and. He's only, and I put that in quotes, only 28 years old. Of 28 now. Well, maybe he'll be 28 when the start of the season. But I think, you know, with a year off. So that's one fewer year of tread on his tires. Yeah. And your guy is the number two and back in training camp and OTAs in Cleveland. Jonathan Pigskin is playing football again. Good for him. You know, we, we always root for guys. You know, just like we talk about baseball, Josh Hamilton came back, didn't look too good. But, you know, look, when guys have problems and they get help, you know, you, you, you want to root for them. Because, look, we're all human. No one's perfect. And uh, hopefully Manziel gets it together. So that's the NFL. Real quick, you know, we're going in and out. No news on Brady. They haven't, you know, decided the date on here and that. But let's talk baseball. Memorial Day was here. You know, I hope everybody had their fun, had your had your cookouts or whatever you did, but it, you know it, it. This was disturbing to me in the sense that I know it's Memorial Day weekend, and I know it's Sunday night baseball, and I know in New York people can go, you know, hey, anywhere. You go to the beach, you go to the Hamptons, you go to Martha's Vineyard, you go wherever. The city gets emptied out, but they were retired. Bernie Williams number. Number 51, very near and dear to our, our hearts, and the stadium was empty. I'm watching on ESPN from out here in Arizona, and I'm seeing empty seats all along the stadium. And it just, I'm like, really? Is it that bad in New York for the Yankees? I mean, you got to tell me what's going on. Are, are they just getting killed attendance-wise because they're in second place now at 23 and 22 and fans don't care about this team because there's no more Jeter and it's hard to root for Teixeira and A-Rod and Gardner. What's going on? I think it's all of the above. You know, they did a horrible <laughs> job of doing it on Memorial Day weekend. Right? So yeah, that's Bernie, fair to no Bernie. Favors. Yeah, no favors to Bernie Williams on that one. And then the Yankees, the problem with the Yankees, and we'll talk about baseball 
you know, right now, right after this. But the problem yeah. with the Yankees is that they're just not likable. You know, there's nobody on that team. Maybe it was CeCe Sabathia a couple of years ago, and, and, and even their best players are Kobe Ellsbury. So he goes down, yeah. and they haven't been the same since. And even Jacoby Ellsbury is not really a likable guy. I mean, he's not he's not not likable. No, he's scrappy, but you don't but you, you stand don't, out as yeah. saying, "Wow, you know, I'm a Jacoby Ellsbury fan." You say, <laughs> yeah, "I respect no. his skills. He's really good. Yeah. He's got you know, he came close to an MVP three years ago." But you don't look yeah. at the Yankees and who's your favorite player? You know, because kids and, and they associate with somebody. Either he's a villain and he's your villain, a la Barry Bonds who was the man in, in, in San Francisco, or he's the guy that everybody loves, and that's Derek Jeter. Like yeah. But and this Yankee and this current Yankee roster, this current Yankee know, roster is hard because you don't know who who's the guy to, you know, to, to root for this team. Who, you know, who would you pick? Um, I don't know what's going on. Um, well, and who you know who who would you root for in that sense? But that's exactly I'll the tell point. You this. You've got aging stars. So so performance wise, you really have one guy, and that's Ellsbury, whose play whose play is outstanding. Well, at least one guy on on uh, you know on offense, and then pitching wise, you've got that great bullpen with Miller and Batantis, and then you know you have Michael Pineda. So those are the exceptional players that you have on the Yankees, but. The Yankees don't even have any character guys, like like guys that you look at and say, you know, he's entertaining, he's likable, he's dislikable, something. The Yankees are, are like this vanilla team that, no, you know, you don't care for them. <laughs> well, let's talk on the positive side. Right now, quarter way through, it's, you know, just first place guys. Tampa Bay, Kansas City, Houston. Now, the Yankees are only half a game out. Washington has taken over the Mets, St. Louis, and the Dodgers. So, you know, those are the division you know, leaders. Um, some teams are, you know, surprising and hanging in there, and maybe some teams are, you know, coming up like the Giants and the Cubs. Um, the Mets are staying around. You don't know what's going on with right. Um, maybe they, they went to a up, you know, six-man rotation. The Mets did. I thought that I was very li- interesting. I, I like it, and I like it because you want to protect Harvey. Look at all that's been going on with Strasburg and um, you know different pitchers. And I think that whatever it is, you know, maybe you know, guys, the water's different, but they don't pitch like they used to in the '60s and '70s. And to preserve your guy. That one little extra day, you know, maybe he doesn't have 30 starts or 25 starts. He winds up with 22 starts, but he's healthy and he's there for the playoffs because that's what they want to make at 25. Playoffs for the Mets, 25 and 21. Well, maybe uh, they can get a wild card. So if they do that, maybe they, you know, go get another arm, right? Maybe go get a Cole Hamill or go get a bat. Who knows? You know, it'll definitely be interesting. Are you, let me ask you this, though, because I want to talk about some of these players and looking at uh, potentially, you know, some guys that might uh, really be back in, in, in all-star contention in the all-star game. But we were ripping or talking about how bad Texas was, and now they're, you know, they're on a nice little run. They're 22 and 23, and they're, you know, I mean, it doesn't look like anybody's catching Houston right now, but they're surely playing better. And the Prince. The Prince is back playing some great baseball, Mr. Fielder. What are you thinking Leave about? the American uh, League in hitting. Ray, it's, it's very impressive. I want to ask you, I mean, who, which guys are kind of sort of knocking your socks off right now? I mean, obviously we got to talk about Gordon from, you know, stolen bases to – to, you know, average what he's doing, but Stanton and Harper are both our MVP picks are tearing it up. Um, Cabrera is going to be Cabrera. Cruz is doing well. Um, who who's looking like an MVP right now, or looking like a true All Star to you? I mean, there's a lot of guys out there, right? Yeah, a lot of good. Miguel stats. Cabrera is Miguel Cabrera, and he's he's just the man. He's just a professional hitter, and this guy yeah. will be. You know, he's like Manny he, Ramirez. He's a modern man. I was about to say he's a modern era yeah. Manny Ramirez 
You know, 344. And, yeah, and just Ugh. does it and does it. And right behind him is Nelson Cruz, who has 35 RBI tied with Fielder and uh, you know, in second place homers. behind Kendris yeah. Morales. But Kendris Morales. Now, this is the same Kendris Morales that broke his leg when he was with the Angels celebrating the home run, which was a shame. Yeah. It was just so terrible, such a freak accident. But right. this guy goes to Kansas City. A lot of people wrote off, including me, saying that they had their run in the sun. And this guy leads the American League in RBIs at 37, right? Our boy Giancarlo Stanton leads the majors at 42 and right behind right, him right. Bryce Harper. But Kendrick Morales, really surprising that he is healthy, that he's doing his thing. So to me, that's one guy. That, that well, that whole team, uh, though, right? He's got help because it's him, Hauser, uh, Mustakis, and Kane. They're all tearing it up. I mean, they've yeah. all been playing. Mike you know, Mustakis is another guy who was uh, a an average player. Yeah, so he's an all-star. Slightly ish. above average, but he's doing his thing. I have him in fantasy. I'm very excited. Mike Mustakis, <laughs> you know, my Greek homie. Uh, he, he's doing it up. I give Casey a lot of credit. And and you mentioned D Gordon. Where did this come from? Wow. I mean, we're a quarter of the way through the season and he's batting three seventy three. And good for him. I yeah, mean, and dominating really... and, and on the bases, eighteen steals. He's like he's electrifying. You know, I was telling my son about this. I'm like, between Stanton and him, you would think if if Fernandez comes back, Miami could make a run and do better and, and, and fight for the wild card because all they need is some pitching because Stanton and Gordon are like, I mean, they're just taking over games. I don't, you know, I, you'd like to see it, right? You'd like to see them, Miami, be able to bounce back and play a little bit better and be healthy, but they're, they're yeah, struggling. Yeah, with that roster, and, and they least. shouldn't be 18 and 28, you know. They're a half a game behind the Phillies. That's embarrassing. <laughs> That's all you need to say. But honey, you, I want to say this because you're giving Cruz all these props, and what's so amazing about it is that Cruz is not normally an average hitter, and so to me, oh. he's really having an MVP seat. To bat 341, lead the league at, at home. I mean, you almost want to be like, is Cruz juicing again? I mean, I hate to oh, say that because he went. Say it. I, I gotta I, believe I, it's I, not the case until they're proven that it is the case. I know, I know, right? But I. I listen. This, yeah, I'm hope I'm watching a clean game. I think I am, but we just we've been look, we've been bamboozled and hoodwinked so many times, right? You almost feel like, why am I being innocent and gullible? So, but I, I'm rooting for the guy, and I respect realize, him. Yeah, you also got to realize from Nelson Cruz's perspective, he's not getting any help from Robinson Cano, who is batting. 290, what was he batting? 250. Robinson Cano's batting yeah. 253 with yeah, he's not. a homer and 13 RBIs. So it's not like Nelson Cruz is batting in murderer's row and he's getting fastballs yeah. down the middle every time. I mean, no, he's no, getting he's no the help guy. from, yeah, between Ackley and, and Seeger. I mean, he's he's basically carrying that team, and that team's not doing well, but not because of Nelson Cruz. No. And one thing that I love, you know, when you look on the uh, pitching side, right now, between Burnett, Granke, and Miller, and we've seen some, and, and you can throw in Scherzer, these four guys are, um, you know, and obviously three of them in the, in the National, all four of them in the National League, sorry. Uh, that's going to be a race, I think, for the Cy Young between those four. And it's nice to see Kershaw and our my boy Cueto, who just gone on the DL at three and four. Um, they've but they said no been structural tr- damage in his elbow. Yeah, thankfully, thankfully. But um, you know they've been holding it down, and then Sonny Gray is sort of the class of the AL. But if you had to pick one of those guys, Miller, Scherzer, Granke, or Burnett, and goodness gracious, props to Burnett, right, for the Pirates, the way he's pitching. I, I didn't think he had that in him. So up and down in his career when he's on, <laughs> that slider is devastating. Dead, but when he's uh, off, he's, he's off, basically when he's a, off, it gives like you 13 runs. Oh, my God. I was about to say, that's why I don't believe that he'll be in contention for the ERA lead because he's the same guy that – Will can get blown up for nine runs. 
I mean, yeah. he could have that bad of an outing, and it would be up to the manager to take him out. But he could be that bad. It would be up to Clint Hurdle to take him out. But he, And you can't forget Cologne, right? Up. You can't forget Cologne and Waka in the mix for, you know, potential battle for Cy Young because those guys both have seven wins. So, right. I mean, there's a lot. I mean, there's a, that's like six pitchers throwing Cole, seven pitchers in the NL that are just – you know, at a quarter through or like, hey, we want to, you know, be in the All-Star game and we want to, you know, battle for the MVP. So I, I think it's fascinating. I like Cole a lot from the Pirates. I think um, I think he, you know, had a, that great playoff, uh, was it two years ago? But I think, um, you know, you, you're just seeing a lot. And then, of course, King Felix in the American League. He's, he's just, um, he's special. You and know, what about your boy in Houston, Dallas Keuchel? He's good. I mean, he's a lefty, and true. he is getting very people true. out. And he's one yeah. of the reasons why that staff, which we thought was terrible, is actually pretty decent. Pretty decent, yeah. No, it, it's nice to see. And, you know, the strikeouts, uh, you know, those are important. You know, your boy Kluger and Shields out in San Diego. So guys are, are, are definitely doing it. I think that this is – it's fascinating, though, because I think, um, did you know this, that Bryant and Harper, Chris Bryant from the Cubs and Harper, they were at 7-9 and nine on the same little league team in Las Vegas. I know, they were both from Vegas, right? Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, the game has got a lot of nice young stars. When you look at Bryant and Harper and Trout and Stanton, it's, uh, I think, you know, it, it's great to see um, some of these youngsters um, really start to shine. And Harper, that's I, why I, 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 so I picked him as MVP. I thought he was going to turn the corner this year, and he's he's doing it. He's really doing it. You know, so it's nice to see the Nats um, and, and just guys do that. So, But going back to the Yankees real quick, um, is it just because part of it is Teixeira, and he's doing great, and A-Rod, but do people not – do they they just don't care or they don't believe you know what I mean in, in this this Yankee team and what's going on? I don't know. For some reason, the Yankees have not had as much juice as they've had in recent years, and maybe it's life without Jeter. Maybe yeah. it's life without a captain. And like we said earlier in the show, life without a recognizable leader or a guy that you gravitate to or hate or I mean I guess A-Rod would be the closest on the negative side There's too many new guys side, right who's, who's your Yankee like, like if you're a kid right yeah. now let's say you've got you've got kids at the right age let's say you've got a kid right now you got a six year old and a six year old watches the Yankees and a six year old says daddy daddy give me a Yankee jersey alright who do you want McCann? No. I mean, Brett Carter? Yeah. <laughs> it's not Cody even. Cody can't stay on the field. Carlos Beltran, his better days are behind him. A-Rod's got enough it's, baggage. To share it's his, funny you know, because probably over the hill. They don't even. Time. Yeah, they're looking at other players. I know my 15-year-old, you know, he is a Yankee fan. And, you know, he's more into, you know, doing fantasy baseball and seeing his other players uh, do well. But even with the Yankees, he, you know, hopes that they're doing well. But, you know what I mean? There's no pure excitement for, like, Jeter or, you know, A-Rod when it was, you know, in 09 or 2010 A-Rod. You know what I mean? But um, but I want to ask you this. Have we retired too many numbers? So it's 20 guys, 20, no, I'm sorry, 21 people, 20 numbers, because Bill right. Dickey and Jimmy Barra both were number eight. But, I mean, one through ten's covered. I mean, is it just too much, or are the Yankees just that great? Is Yankees it or a are that bit great. Of both? Yankees are that great. If okay. you have 26 so. titles or 27 titles, you're sorry, that great. Yeah, you're that great. You're that great. Everyone who is a Yankee deserves, who has been retired, deserves to have his number retired. Um, everybody basically is a Hall of Famer now. Bernie might. Bernie and, and Don Mattingly are ultimate borderline Hall of Famers. They're not going to be Hall of Famers. Mattingly, maybe I would have said more than him, but they're both they're, they're not going to get voted in. Bernie's so that's the only drawback. That's the only yeah. drawback. But in terms of Yankees, you know, in contribution to the Yankees, Bernie Williams did as much to stabilize that team and how oh, much was, was he 
in uh, not so much in the World Series, but in in the ALCSs and uh, yes, he was the man. He was the man, and and yeah, Don Mattingly yeah. carried the Yankees through fifteen terrible years. You know, they go to the World Series in '81 and lose to the Dodgers and Fernando Mania, and then don't go back to the playoffs until that strike season in ni- or after the shutdown. What in '94? So in '95, yeah. and he plays that 95. one series, and he delivered. Right, even with yeah. the bad back and everything, he delivered against in Seattle. Five. Right? They, yeah. yeah, they lost in five. Remember, Griffey scores from first base on that yeah. on that. Oh, uh, essentially, what should have been that long single. And that we double. knew that Donnie baseball. It, it almost remember it took us a while to accept, appreciate, or even respect Tino Martinez for taking over for Donnie. That was hard for diehard Yankee fans. Real quick, let me ask you because I heard some people talking about this today, and I thought it was fascinating. 77, 78 Yankees, and remember they lost to the Reds in 76, got swept, but that, that Yankee team, um, obviously they didn't have Reggie for that year, but that Yankee team that won the two versus sort of the, the 90s Yankees, not the 09 championship or whatever, but the Yan, the, you know, the, the Jeter, the O'Neal, the Bernie. Yeah, the core, yeah. Who, who now, who would win? And I know who might be dearer to your heart, but who who do you like? Because to me, I don't. I think we've forgotten how good the '77 and '78 Yankees are. So I think they're kind of forgotten and not respected. Everybody talks wow. about Mantle and, so and who, Garrick who and those Chambliss, guys. Chambliss, and oh, then um, you know who Willie we Randolph have. and then Munson, Boyle and Chambliss, Nettles, Randolph, Munson, Bucky, Nettles. You know what I might Roy White, say? Reggie, Lou Piniella. Oh boy, Mickey Rivers. I have to. I think I have to go with the later teams. I have to go with the 90s teams, and I'll tell you why. Those teams shut you down after the sixth inning. I think the bullpen is the tie. And now they had Goose Gossage, and they had, uh, you know, some other guys in the bullpen. Dick Tidro, and we had Ron Guidry. Well, Guidry was obviously a starter, but Catfish Hunter and and the bullpen everything. But I think it was a that different game, though, so it's hard Wetland, to compare. I think it is. It is. Wetland, yeah. you know, was in '96, but starting in '97 through 2000, you know, lost in '97. But so you say Mariano could handle Nettles and Chambliss and Reggie and Thurman? I think so. I think so. That's Mariano right there. Are you kidding me? So it's Stanton from the left side. And oh, uh, Big Jeff Nelson from the Reg- right side. Are you disrespecting Reginald Martinez? Jackson? No, I'm not disrespecting at all. I'm respecting Mariano Rivera, though. Uh, and I think I that know. that bullpen, I think the tie goes to the Yankee bullpen. So I think the position players were, you know, okay. Remember, we had that rotating third baseman, right? We had we had uh, uh, Wade Boggs and then Charlie Hayes, and we had uh, – Prince Fielder uh, the, or Cecil Fielder. Scott Brocious. <laughs> and then Scott Brocious. Well, Scott Brocious won himself a, an MVP. Yeah. Right? He was the yeah. MVP of the of the World Series in 2000. But I think at the end of the day, the position players may have been slightly better in 77, 78, but I think the bullpen, yes, yes. I think the bullpen is, is what tilts me to the 90s Yankees. Okay. I like you know that that's something. If I had a baseball video game, I'd have to like find a way to get those two to play each other because I'd like to see something because that's uh, or or one of those computer analytic guys to break it down because I'd like to see that seven game series. You'd only see it in fantasy, but it'd be fun to even see it in that because that would be fascinating to me. It really would be. Um, real quick before we wrap it up, you know, tonight you got the the Cavs. Um, you say they 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 finish it, they win tonight. Kyrie or no Kyrie, you think they win? I say the Cavs win. I think a, a banged up Atlanta team can't beat the Cavs. So Atlanta's yeah. banged up um, themselves. I think the home crowd pulls them through, and I think Shumpert and Jr. They do enough, <laughs> and. Um, you know, and then you think the Rangers, you definitely you got the Rangers. We're both going with the Rangers tonight. Let's go, Rangers. Get one for New York, you know. So it'll be fun. We'll be back on Friday. Listen, the White Sox need to wake up. 19 and 23, I'm just I'm calling out the wake up. Wake up, White Chicago White Sox. Come on. Let's, let's start playing some baseball. Thought you'd make it to the playoffs. You're in last place, for goodness sakes. <laughs> oh, God. There's a couple of disappointments like that in baseball, right? Yeah, man. 
So, but so look, good show. Here. You know, we had a, a a good time catching everybody up and just talking about uh talking about the playoffs. Some good games. So enjoy it. Yeah, have, so a have a good sports, sports week. week. And we'll get you at the end of the week. Definitely. Ray and Tate today. We're out. Talking sports with friends. Our eyes are blinded to what we really need. They control our minds.